Browns, Talking Birds. Made possible by the generous support of the Bird Watchers General Store, Orleans, Cape Cod. Birdwatchersgeneralstore.com. By Vortex Optics, with the VIP warranty, their unlimited lifetime promise to keep you and your optic covered. Learn more at vortexoptics.com. And Video Books, an independent, family owned bookstore carrying one of the largest selections of birding books in the world. Videobooks.com. Good morning. Welcome to our show number 869. Well, first of all, for all of us here in the East, at least from Virginia to Maine, we'd like to say a not-so-fond farewell to winter storm Keenan. And birds, no doubt, are just as happy to see it go. We often talk about the fact that if you don't refill your feeders, birds will not starve because your yard is only one stop on their feeding route. However, when there's snow cover, it's different because birds no longer have easy access to a lot of their natural food sources in the wild. And maybe other folks can't get to their feeders to fill them. So if you're in the affected area and you can do it, it's a real good time to get those feeders full. Bird baths too. And maybe even as radical as this may sound, provide some food for squirrels and other critters that are struggling to find nutrition in a snow-covered world. Meanwhile, it's summer in Southern Hemisphere, places like Australia source of another avian audio postcard that we're about to listen to from our Freya McGregor. Hey everyone, it's Freya McGregor here. I am birding at the Seaford Wetlands in Melbourne, which used to be an old swamp, with some good friends and my parents. Uh, and that bird you're listening to chortling away is a grey butcherbird. It's sort of like a loggerhead shrike, um, but its beak is more like a kingfisher's beak, um, but they they eat other small birds and lizards and things, and they sing really nicely. We've also seen swamp harriers and straw-necked ibis and really nice views of red-rumped parrots and some musk ducks. It's been great. I wonder what else we'll find. Bye. Bye, Freya. Until the next audio postcard. And now... That would be the sound of our mystery bird. It's a little preview. And we do our preview here so you'll be ready when we uh, give the signal for the actual contest... That's the point where we urge you to call as soon as possible so we don't run out of time, as we almost do uh, on many, many occasions. So a little preview here. Our mystery bird is a medium to large chicken-like bird of open prairies and parklands with spotted brown and white plumage, a short pointed tail that's white at the base, and rather long and rounded wings as seen in flight. In the U.S., our bird is found year-round mostly in a northern tier of states, from Wisconsin to Washington, and extending southward into Nebraska and northern Colorado, it forages in trees in winter, eating seeds and buds and berries and leaves, and on the ground in summer, feeding on insects, especially grasshoppers in breeding season. Multiple males display at a group display site known as a lek. Lots of clues there in the sound of our mystery bird. 
and wonderful prizes await, including the Droll Yankees New Generation Sunflower Seed Feeder, featuring a powder-coated finish that won't chip or fade, zinc die-cast tops, bases and ports to last a lifetime, and a top assembly that's easily removed for cleaning. Another prize, the feather-friendly bird collision prevention kit. This is a wonderful thing to have to keep birds from crashing into your windows and becoming injured or worse. And this is a wonderful kit that really does work. It's been endorsed by lots of conservation organizations, including uh, the American Bird Conservancy, uh, for example. We also have a bonus question prize if we have time for our bonus question from our friends at Wisdom Supply, makers of those plastic-free books and notepads and journals for classroom and office. All coming along on our Mystery Bird contest uh, this morning. A salute to Talking Birds ambassadors. We have two we'd like to salute this morning, and then we have a special announcement. So thanks to Brenda G. from Bridgewater, Massachusetts, just down the road from us here. Thank you so much, Brenda, for becoming a Talking Birds ambassador. And thank you to Evangeline B. from Wilmington, North Carolina. She says, I find myself telling people about Talking Birds all the time anyway, so let's make it official. And we are. So thank you so much, Evangeline. Well, Talking Birds listeners, we are so excited about the amazingly big number of listeners who have joined our ambassador's family since the start of the new year that we're encouraged to take a bold step and declare a new goal. And that is to grow the size of our Talking Birds ambassador's family to 700 members by the end of February. Just about a short month from now. So, Talking Birds listeners, will you help us reach that goal? We hope so. As we like to say, being an ambassador is easy. We send you a batch of our little info cards, and you hand them out at your convenience to friends and neighbors, fellow birders and would-be birders, and you'll help us do what we're trying to do, spread the word about birds and conservation. It's super easy to sign up for, too. Just click on the Get Involved tab, at the top of our TalkingBirds.com website. So here's the thing. There are now just about 660 members in our ambassadors family. So we need to sign up 40 more ambassadors in the next month. And if you've ever had even an inkling of becoming an ambassador, uh, this would be an especially good time to do it and help us uh, reach that goal of 700 members by the end of February. Please join today if you can. And once again, you can do it just by clicking the Get Involved tab at the top of the website there at TalkingBirds.com. There's no G in talking. Still to come on our show today, we'll catch up with Mike O'Connor in the Let's Ask Mike special pre-Valentine's Day installment, almost live from the archive. And up next, can a bird be left-handed or right-handed? Our featured feathered friend can. It's presented by Birdwatching Magazine for more than a quarter century Birdwatching has been North America's premier, premier magazine about wild birds and birding. Today's featured feathered friend segment poses this multi-part question. What bird can be right-handed or left-handed? Not only has a bill, but is named after someone called Bill. Lays self-cleaning eggs and goes by the nickname Sea Pigeon. 
The bird that's the answer to this question is the one that sounds like this on its far northern breeding grounds. It's the black guillemot. This seagoing alcid, related to murres, dovekies, auklets, and puffins, carries fish it catches lengthwise in its bill, with some individual birds apparently always preferring to carry them facing left, and some others preferring to always carry them facing right. The black guillemot is called the sea pigeon because in its winter plumage, the bird is a patchy gray and white, similar to the plumage of the rock or common pigeon. In breeding plumage, adults are a deep black with white wing patches that are visible when the wings are folded. The name Guillemot comes from the French, where the pronunciation would be something like Guillemot, deriving from the name Guillaume or William. And self-cleaning eggs? Yes. Stephen Portugal from the Royal Veterinary College in London discovered this after he accidentally spilled some water on some eggs he was studying and noticed that the water beaded up into droplets and fell off when the eggs were bumped. He determined that the external surface of the eggs had nanoscale cone structures on them, like micro-miniature mountains, that make the water bead and keep the eggs clean in their messy cliffside nesting areas. Keeping the eggs clean helps the embryos inside breathe. Other guillemot species lay these self-cleaning eggs too. A group of guillemots is known collectively as a bazaar. The reason is unclear, and so is the reason why they're also referred to as a lumery of guillemots. It's the left-handed or right-handed self-cleaning egg-laying sea pigeon, or you can call it bill. It's Cephas grilla, the black guillemot, today's Talkin' Birds featured feathered friend. Welcome again to our show number 869. Thanks for being with us. Michael Herbin is an intrepid birder from Minnesota who doesn't let low vision slow him down, and that is an understatement, as we're about to find out. Good morning, Michael. Good morning, Ray. Wonderful to have you on with us, uh, Michael. Thank you. And um, while you're in the middle of or past the middle now of a very extraordinary birding quest... And I will ask you about certainly details about that in a moment. But first, I thought maybe I'd take you back, Michael, to when you were 26 years old and you were a, a graduate student in physics and you kind of had a spark bird experience, right? Yeah, I was um, one spring day out studying in the park and I just noticed this woodpecker that was on the ground and I thought that was kind of surprising. I didn't know anything about birds, and I just thought, well, I, I need to know what that's called. So I I went to the bookstore and got a Peterson field guide and looked at the pictures and figured out what the bird was, but then I looked at all these other pictures and said, well, I've got to see the rest of these. So I was suddenly obsessed. Yeah. didn't see that coming. <laughs> that's interesting about the field guide, because that was kind of my experience, too, just looking in there and just being kind of knocked out by the number and variety of birds that there were to see. Yeah, and then uh, within a few months of that, I ended up meeting my future wife, who it turns out was a had been a lifelong birder already. <laughs> so that that worked out really well. <laughs> nice. Well, that was the good news, and then of course you had uh, some difficult news after that in the form of uh, well that low vision that we referenced there. 
Yeah. So within a few years um, of that, uh, I realized that my my vision was uh, getting worse and ended up getting a, a diagnosis eventually. What I was noticing is that I was losing my ability to see in the dark and that I was having trouble seeing uh, to the sides and the periphery. And it was uh, a diagnosis of a genetic condition called retinitis pigmentosa, which affects about one in 4,000 people. Hmm. It's a regressive uh, condition. Hmm. Nobody in my family had any eyesight problems, but uh, within a few years, it had progressed to the point where I basically have what's referred to as tunnel vision. So I can see uh, 2020 right in the middle of my field of view. The problem is that field of view is very small. It's about the size of your fist. If you were to hold your, your hand out at arm's length and make a fist. Mm -hmm. Uh, so if a bird gets in that window, I see them just fine. But if they're not in there, I don't see anything. All right. Well, that's where hearing comes in. And I think if this is right, you had kind of a spark experience uh, having to do with hearing in, in a trip to Ecuador, right? Yeah. Um, you know, I, I, I try to um, see as many birds as I can. And um, it, depending on the context, you know, if we're, if we're looking at a lake with waterfowl or a mudflat full of waders and you've got the scope and the birds are just out there, it's really not too challenging. Mm -hmm. But in a, a dimly lit uh, forest somewhere like Ecuador, uh, where you've got uh, so much vegetation and vines and, and whatnot and these skittish little birds that don't want to be seen to begin with, I really struggle to pick those up even when other people are getting them. So um, I learned uh, some time ago that if I was going to continue with my quest to, to identify at least half the species in the world, that I would, um, I would have to start birding by ear more. And I've actually come to enjoy that as much um, as seeing birds now. Mm -hmm. Well, you've just said it just right there, seeing half the bird species in the world. That is your quest. That is amazing. And where are you yeah, in that process? Yeah, you know, when I, when I got the diagnosis with my eye problems, my, my response initially wasn't, you know, very positive, but I, I thought, you know, I'm not going to let this uh, run my life. I'm going to go at it head on and set a very aggressive goal. So I'll always have something to push myself to do. And hopefully inspire other people that have um, disability of whatever kind um, to keep going after, you know, whatever it is that they're most interested in. Mm -hmm. So half the birds in the world, bird species is 5,400? Yeah, I'm, like I'm, depending on the taxonomy, yeah. I'm, um, I'm looking to try to hit about 5,400. Mm -hmm. And you are how far away I'm from... I'm at 4,649 today. <laughs> wow. And you started, <laughs> uh, started when? Well, you know, about... 30 years ago was when I started birding, mm -hmm. but we've really accelerated it. Um, I would say in the last 15 years or so, I was, I've been very fortunate. Obviously this is um, something that takes a lot of saving and planning. Mm -hmm. And um, I managed to uh, position myself at, at my work, which was a high tech company that has factories in Asia to where um, I got in a position that they had me living overseas, my wife and I both in mm -hmm. Bangkok, Thailand. So we were able to use that as a, a jumping off point to be able to get a lot of this birding done. Mm -hmm. So that uh, far along on your quest right now, where to next? Um, more South America, I think. <laughs> we, uh, we've done really great in Brazil, and there's, there's still a lot more that we need down there. And um, mm -hmm. 
I think Brazil, we still have another Africa trip that we need to complete. And I, I, I think then we'll be, we'll be getting very close. All right. Well, this is, you have an advantage over a big year, for example. You don't really have a, a deadline, right? You can keep going. That's right. So, That's right. Uh, that was a smart idea, I think. <laughs> why, why lock yourself into that, into that time frame there? I like that. Well, we're almost out of time, Michael, but I wanted to ask you about your, um, your uh, blog. It's legallyblindbirding.net. A lot of great stories and essays, Marvel bird and birding photographs tell us a bit yeah, more about thank it. you and um you know i i've written also for the birdability blog in fact i i was found um about a year ago by by freya mcgregor mm-hmm. um who is obviously uh big on your program and she's also uh in birdability mm-hmm. and so i've joined her uh organization there and been involved in um that to me has really kind of brought this full circle because now with birdability i have the opportunity to try to help other people with whatever kind of disability or access challenge to enjoy birds as much as I have because mm-hmm. it's it's made such a dramatic difference in my life. Birdability.org. We love the organization. That's our own Freya McGregor. They're a major part of that. And uh, your your site again there, legallyblindbirding.net. Really, really worth uh, checking out. Michael, thank you so much for being with us. Congratulations on uh, your efforts so far, and good luck uh, thank reaching you very that, much. That, that goal of yours. Thank you. Okay. Thank you. Michael Herbin here on Talking Birds, and up next, it's our Mystery Bird Contest in just one minute. The flutter of a tail feather, the flash of a wing bar in mid-flight. You don't always have a lot of time to identify a bird in nature, let alone to appreciate its beauty. But with Vortex Optics, you'll have the power to bring every wild moment closer. When you choose Vortex, you're choosing to have a partner in the field as passionate about nature as you are. Whether you're spotting old friends on the backyard feeder or packing for a -a once-in-a-lifetime trip to add a few species to your life list, Vortex offers a full range of optics and optics accessories for every birder and every budget. And whether the birds are taking you to another state or another country, you're always covered by the Vortex VIP warranty, an unlimited lifetime promise to keep you and your optic covered. If you'd like to learn more, or if you need help choosing your next optic, give Vortex a call at 1-800-4-VORTEX or visit vortexoptics.com. If that sounds familiar... We played it a few minutes ago. It's our mystery bird. This is our actual mystery bird contest now, and this is the place where we say, please call us as soon as you can. It's it's a little phenomenon that we observe here that um, we get uh, folks calling in after the show has ended, uh, which doesn't work out well for our mystery bird contest. So we urge you to call as soon as you can, like right now, if you can. The number to call is 781-837-4900. I'll give the number again in a moment, but the clues for our mystery bird are this way. Our mystery bird is a medium to large chicken-like bird of open prairies and parklands with spotted brown and white plumage. A short pointed tail that's white at the base and rather long and rounded wings as seen in flight. Here in the U.S., our bird is found year-round mostly in a northern tier of states from Washington to Wisconsin and extending southward into Nebraska northern Colorado. It forages in trees in winter, eating seeds and buds and berries and leaves, and on the ground in summer, feeding on insects, especially grasshoppers. In breeding season, multiple males display at a group display site known as a lek. 
So those are the clues and the sound of our mystery bird and beautiful prizes await, including the Droll Yankees new generation sunflower seed feeder with the powder-coated finish that won't chip or fade and lots of other wonderful attributes that Droll Yankees uh, is proud and justifiably so to present. And our other prize is the feather-friendly bird collision prevention kit to keep birds from crashing into your windows. And uh, by the way, this does not obscure the view of humans looking outside, but birds can see these strips. Easy to put on there and uh, really a good thing to do for birds. So those are the prizes. And if we get to a bonus question, that $20 certificate from Wisdom Supply will also be part of the mix here. And that number again is 781-837-4900. That's 781-837-4900. Meanwhile, we'll check in with Mike O'Connor. And this is an archived segment, so uh, you'll hear the dates relating to Valentine's Day not matching up with 2022. uh, But that's because it's an archived segment of Let's Ask Mike in just one minute. Beauty O Books carries one of the largest selections of birding books in the world. New, used, and rare books covering everything from backyard birding to general ornithology. From field guides to photography skills, biography, fiction, and humor. You'll find it all along with the knowledgeable customer service you've been looking for in one convenient place. Beautyobooks.com. B-U-T-E-O. Beautyobooks.com. My name is Billy Cantwell, and I'm calling from Knoxville, Tennessee. I became a Talking Birds ambassador because I've always loved sharing my passion for birds with others. So this was just a natural progression. Don't miss an episode. Talking Birds listeners, we hope you'll join our ambassadors family. Just visit our website, TalkingBirds.com. Click on Get Involved at the top of the homepage, and then choose the Become an Ambassador option at TalkingBirds.com. We connect now to Cape Cod, and there is Mr. Romance himself, Mike O'Connor, at the uh, famous Bird Watchers General Store. Uh, that, was, that was my nickname in college, Ray, by the way. Bird Watchers General Store? No. Oh. Mr. Romance. Oh, Mr. Romance. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, you think I didn't know that? I mean, everybody yeah, yeah, everybody knew knows that. that. I used to live on Cape Cod, Mike, so I know all that stuff. Oh, that's right. Yeah, you, that you, was but you know, I didn't hear something I didn't know that Talking Birds had its own aviation investigation department. I didn't know that. You know, I had forgotten that myself. We have so many departments here that you know you can't remember them all. But yeah, of course we have. have <laughs> Why wouldn't yeah, you? Exactly, yeah. So, okay. Well, thanks for calling. <laughs> yeah, there was a topic here somewhere. We're a week ahead of Valentine's Day, and being Mr. Romance, you, could, of course, would be, uh, you know, early rather than late uh, for Valentine's oh, Day. Oh, no, so, no kidding. Well, I was yeah. just wrapping my wife's uh, heart-shaped suet feeder that I was getting her for, <laughs> for Valentine's wow. Day. Wow, just birds. what she wanted. Yeah? <laughs> Those are popular, by the way. Um you know, birds. A lot of a lot of people like the idea of birds mating for life. Some do, some don't. Or, yeah. or but when you think about it, birds' courtship rituals aren't much different than ours. You know, we, we traditionally will bring each other food. Like you know, historically, men will bring a box of candy, but birds will do that. They'll bring a treat to their prospective uh, spouse. Mm-hmm. You know, the cardinals will bring a sunflower seed to to its mate. Um, mice will bring a, a mice. <laughs> Owls will bring a mouse. <laughs> To its mate, which is you know 
you know, maybe as good as candy. I'm not really yeah, sure. Yeah, that is romantic. No, a dead mouse. Who, come on. <laughs> you can't get better yeah. than that. And sometimes they'll drop it, or sometimes they'll actually feed, put the food in there, which maybe not during the pandemic anymore, but they used to. They'll drop the drop the food down. And then they, there's dancing, of course. You, we've all seen cranes dancing. I wish I could dance that well. Hmm. Yeah. Some even dance in water, right? Western Greaves, you see those the old Disney cart not cartoons, but uh, nature movies about the Western Greaves yeah. running across the water. Those are spectacular to see. They're crazy, wow. right, yeah. right. Yeah, yeah, I can't do that either. Jeez, how'd you get to be so romantic? I, well, we probably shouldn't go into that. Um, <laughs> the show's not long. Not on a Sunday morning. And oh, they hold hands. How about this? Bald eagles, right? They fly high above it, really soar up together, and then they grasp each other's talons. And you ever see that footage where they spiral down? Oh, yeah. I thought that was when they were fighting, but maybe it's a little of both. I don't no, know. I, yeah, no, I think no. It's, a, it's a mating ritual. It's a mating thing, okay. A mating yeah. ritual, yeah. 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 And then, and then of course, there's kissing, you know, mm. can we say that on the, t- on, on the radio? I don't know. I think but you can say kissing it, but... Is a, puffins, they yeah. do that billing where they just kind of touch each other's billing oh. back and forth. Yeah. It's, 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 uh, it's, it's all kind of similar to us. Yeah. But when it comes to marriage, again, it's similar to us. Some birds are together forever. Swans, uh, geese, believe it or not, owls. They, they get one mate, and they say with macaws. Macaws don't even leave each other's side once they pick a mate. Wow. They spend all day, all night, year-round. Then there's other birds that, that mate for life, like albatross, but they don't see each other all year. They meet on the breeding grounds, and then they take off, and they spend uh, the rest of the year thousands of miles oh, apart. Yeah. But every year, boom. That reminds me of, uh, do you remember uh, Steve and Edie? Uh, Gourmet? Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Steve and Edie, uh, Steve, uh, what was his name? Uh, it was Steve uh, something and Edie Gourmet. But anyway, they lived, they were married for decades, and people said, how did you do that? And they said, well, we never see each other. So, it's <laughs> easy. Yeah. Well, it was Steve uh, uh, Albatross. Steve Lawrence. Lawrence. Steve Lawrence. Steve Lawrence right. Albatross. Albatross. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, yeah. <laughs> and then, um, you know, there's some birds that just kind of one and done one season. Robins, for sure. Mm-hmm. You know, they're together for the season, but then they then they drift apart and then they hook up with something. And there's some birds that are just, uh, you know, real players, like hummingbirds or blackbirds. They have several mates wow. in the course of the summer. So, you know, those those are the ones that are out there. Those are the ones that, are, you know, they have a gold chain yes. around their neck and cologne. <laughs> yeah, the pinky ring. <laughs> and then there's divorce. Even oh. even a good pair, even a good solid pair of birds will get a divorce. If they, for, for whatever reason, but oftentimes when they just aren't successful mating, because really it's not about uh, true love. It's about uh, keeping the species going. Yeah, and if they don't, if they don't, if they're unsuccessful, then the, you know, sorry, pal, we yeah. we're moving on. All right. There's all yeah. these variations. There's polygamy, and there's polyamory, and there's polyandry. And there's one. I don't know if you knew about this one, Michael. No, tell me what this one is. This right? was only for parrots. It's called polywana crackery. I don't know if you heard of that one, but. Okay. You know, can I write that? You know, you're going to have to launch the aviation investigation department to get more well, we, information. We have another department for that, but I'll go <laughs> Well, right. happy uh, Valentine's Day, everybody. Happy Valentine's Day. A week early to you, Mike. And we'll see All you right. next week. You got it. I did a little cl- clarification, by the way, in Kitson case. Valentine's Day is February 14th. Birdwatching Magazine has a new membership program. Benefits include detailed bird ID articles from Ken Kaufman and David Sibley, 
tips and stories about bird photography, access to quarterly e-workshops on identifying and photographing birds, and complimentary print and digital subscriptions to Birdwatching Magazine. Learn more at birdwatchingdaily.com slash memberships. We're back to the Mystery Bird Contest while we have a bit of time here. 781-837-4900 is the number to call. And Ruben is out there in the great city of Chicago. Good morning, Ruben. Hello. Hello, Ruben. I think you missed the big storm that we had, did you? Yeah, I yeah. think we did. I, all right, well, you can check on that and let us know for sure. But what about our mystery bird, Ruben? So I think it's a vulture and guinea fowl. A vulture and guinea fowl. I don't think that is... Is that correct? No, that is... That is a heck of a guess, though. But, Ruben, thank you so much, and try us again, all right? Thank great. Okay, all right. We have Annette. She's uh, somewhere in Vermont. Uh, good morning, Annette. Good morning. Good morning. How are you? I bet you got a little snow, did you? Actually, we are too far west, and we missed it, but oh. it's about 20 below this morning. Sorry so. to hear that. How about our mystery bird, <laughs> Annette, 20 below? What do you think it well, is? I think it's a sage grouse. Sage grouse is very close, and we're going to flip the cards and make you our winner because we are out oh. of time uh, because you're so close there. The actual thing was the sharp-tailed grouse. Oh, Okay. Thank, Thank you so you. much. I learned something new. Stay on the line, Annette. Thank you. And uh, we are so out of time. Thanks for being with us. See you next week. Ray Brown's Talking Birds. Made possible by the generous support of the Bird Watchers General Store, Orleans, Cape Cod. Birdwatchersgeneralstore.com. By Vortex Optics. With the VIP warranty. Their unlimited lifetime promise to keep you and your optic covered. Learn more at vortexoptics.com. And Beautio Books, an independent, family-owned bookstore carrying one of the largest selections of birding books in the world. Beautiobooks.com.